Good morning. It's December 4th, a seasonable and pleasant morning in New York City, and this is your Indignity Morning Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka, taking a look at the day and the news. The slaughter in Gaza resumed over the weekend, as the Israeli military, after the week-long truce, focused on bombing southern Gaza, to which it had previously told the residents of northern Gaza to evacuate. The jump headline on the Times' front page story about it captures the perversity Israel urges Gazans who moved to South to leave once again. Once you've bombed North Gaza and South Gaza, while keeping Gaza closed, there is, of course, nowhere else for people to go. An accompanying story on the jump page puts the number of displaced Gazans now at up to 1.8 million, or around 80% of the population, the Times says. That number, the Times adds, is expected to rise after Israel issued new evacuation orders over the weekend for areas in the South. The story notes, the UN reported on November 23rd that since the start of the conflict, an estimated 191 people in shelters had been killed and 798 had been injured. At least 28 government schools functioning as shelters have sustained major damage in the North Gaza and Gaza regions, making them no longer usable, and 122 others across the territory have sustained moderate or minor damage. The lead story in the international section, meanwhile, is a set of interviews with the mothers of Israeli soldiers who are worried about the harm that their children may face as they prosecute the war in Gaza. Fourteen paragraphs in, the story does note, so far, Israeli military strikes have claimed more than 15,000 Palestinian lives, according to Gaza's health ministry. About 80 Israeli soldiers have died since the ground war began, according to the Israeli authorities. Then it goes back to talking about the anxiety of the Israeli soldiers' mothers. In other debatable editorial decision-making, the bottom left headline on the front page is Supreme Court to Rule on Deal Worth Billions to Opioid Victims which is a bad factual description of the day's news, in that what's happening today is the oral argument in the case, with the ruling to come somewhere considerably further down the line. But also the entire framing of the piece is about whether this case will prevent the suffering victims and survivors of the opioid poisoning of America from receiving long-awaited settlement payments. The way the story describes the case surrounding the settlement is by saying, a ruling upholding the disputed provision would finally start the flow of payments from the company and its owners members of the billionaire Sackler family, to cities, states, tribes, and individuals to help them cope with the costs of the ongoing opioid crisis. A ruling against the measure could blow up the painstakingly negotiated settlement, leaving the fate of the company and the urgently sought payments up in the air. But that little bit about how the money would come from the company's owners, the members of the Sackler family, is strangely conclusive about the whole issue under consideration, which is whether the Sacklers can hide behind corporate bankruptcy and claim blanket immunity from any future civil actions while living out the rest of their lives in wealth and luxury on the billions of dollars they squeezed out of a mountain of dead bodies. From this point of view, the people who are waiting for the settlement are more in the position of hostages, as the people responsible for their suffering appeal to that very suffering to try to make their getaway. That is the news. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to Indignity to keep us going. And if all goes well, we will talk again tomorrow.